Hello and welcome to the High Ground Podcast. Uh, this is Darth Jocko here, and I'm excited tonight because we have a super awesome episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about the villains in Star Wars. I have some amazing guests, and yeah, we're just going to get into it uh, right here on the High Ground. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me here on the high ground. I am, again, I'm super excited. Uh, I have two new people joining us and, uh, and, and one long timer. But yeah, just, <laughs> just diving into, uh, into these villains. And so uh, I, I'm excited. Just everyone in the chat, if you can, you know, I, I guess give me a little shout or something if you can, uh, <laughs> if you guys can hear me. Everything does look like it's working properly, but I always, you know, we always gotta be be safe. But um, yeah, let's go around and introduce ourselves. I will go to uh, Victoria first and, you know, it, it will introduce yourself um, and where we can find your awesome content. And I don't have my note up, so I can't recall the question, <laughs> the icebreaker question That's I was right. going to ask. <laughs> I think um, your icebreaker question was, was it creating our OC oh, yes. or is that? Yes, yes. It, it was your OC. Um, you know, if you were a villain in Star Wars, you have your original character. Uh, what, what are they like? Who are they? Tell, tell me about them. Oh my, <laughs> that's a big one. So I'll just start. Um, first, who I am. I'm a Victoria Vader, or it's Victoria, y'all. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, I am on YouTube, but I have no content yet, but we're working on it. Um, but I, as far as an OC goes, I, I've no, I haven't really fully thought this out yet but you know so my two favorite villains are um darth vader mm -hmm. and tulan voidgazer um from the 2015 comics and i i think something that i would want to bring to my own uh villain oc would perhaps be um something along the lines of like what i do for a living i am a um I work in cultural heritage management, and so I would like to be some sort of like, uh, I am going to describe Dr. Afra, but some sort of like, <laughs> like a, like a dark historian or somebody that like manipulates information and people really well um, without the Jedi mind trick moment. Um, so I, I don't know, I haven't ever extensively thought about that, but I would love some like cool Sith robes and love a little, I don't know, let's uh, <laughs> maybe skip me because I haven't really ever thought of OC <laughs> out before, <laughs> but we did talk about what my OC name would be on the last, uh, dyad, but somebody was like, what is, what is this yeehawery because of my... Yes accent and so we were like yeah 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 would be my uh star wars name so yeah. that would nice. be kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> awesome i love it um and let's go back to the four people yes 
awesome, amazing. Uh, if you haven't checked out Victoria's content, she does a lot of cosplay and um, <laughs> exclusively cosplays <laughs> villains. So she's... Yep, yeah. only villains. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I talk about. It's all I'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, and how about, uh, how about you, uh, Steph? That's me. Uh, my name is Stephanie. I am one of the Dark Side Divas from the Dark Side Divas podcast. Uh, you can find us where, where the podcasts are. I'm not in charge of the distribution at all, so I don't really know. Um, <laughs> as for my, my Star Wars OC, did you ever do that thing back in the day where it was like, make your, if you existed in the Star Wars galaxy, what would be your name? Uh, so it's a, I had to pull it up. I had to ask the internet. Uh, for your first name, you take the first three letters of your last name and add the first two letters of your first name. So for me, that would be Clest. 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 Uh, for, like your, <laughs> for your last name, your Star Wars last name, uh, you take the first two letters of your mother's maiden name and then add the first three letters of the city in which you were born. So my Star Wars OC uh, would be Clest Loeb. And Clest Loeb is a crime lord. Absolutely a crime lord. I operate on the outer rim. I've got a lap full of like evil loth cat. You know, with the <laughs> uh, but if you look too closely at my sprawling criminal syndicate empire, it is clearly all just a front for my rescue organization for uh, locating lost post-Republic clones, de-chipping them and rehabilitating them, and then releasing them back into the wild. So <laughs> uh, that's my ideal Star Wars life. I love that. I, I love it because it's like, a, uh, I don't know, like, I'm just picturing like Sarah McLaughlin playing, but it's like clones instead of, <laughs> instead of uh, puppies. Uh, in the arms of the angels with like yeah. going on. Constant shots of Domino pies. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't follow or listen to Dark Side Divas already, you should. Uh, they're going through all the episodes of The Clone Wars right now and uh they do deep dives and stuff i see lots of day floating interviews getting brought up and it's mm -hmm. it's really it's really good uh they're really funny um they they <laughs> use a lot of choice words it's not it's not a, a, a podcast for the lighthearted, but it is the first <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot of fun uh and then we have uh last but certainly not least malik uh who are you um, where can we find you and create your own villain OC? Hi, hello. My name is Malik, as Chaco's already said, as my nickname says. Um, it, uh, you can find me, I actually, I'm on a podcast called Hot. It's a podcast where you can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, just be, not really anything specific, just me and my best friends being like idiots on the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, uh, to create my own force OC um, or my own villain, I I had this. I always had this idea of like a scoundrel or like a smuggler who's like obsessed with owning a, a lightsaber one day. So, <laughs> so like he will backstab or shoot anyone he has to to get a light. <laughs> and you, you keep cutting a little bit in and out for me. Lightsaber, because like he was amazed by a child, and this. Oh man. <laughs> Gremlins, man. 
No, it it, it happened. He's so statuesque. <laughs> so like he he thinks he's gonna solve all those problems. He just has this magical laser sword. So he'll. Uh, it's, it sounds so good. He's he has so much I know. plan. I know. Plus, as as someone that's a big wrestling fan like Malik is, um, he absolutely knows how to be a heel. So that's one of the big nice. reasons I wanted him on on Villain Talk. Um, right. Let's see here. Yeah, so it looks like we've lost Malik for now, but. <laughs> um but yeah he'll i'm sure i'm sure he'll be back i'm sure he'll be back mm-hmm. um i want to hear more about that scoundrel i know yeah in, in the meantime we soldier on um uh, wait did he pop back up it's for me oh, hello? hello hello malik hi welcome back i'm sorry Everything just kind of froze and just kind of shut down for me. Oh no! Yeah, I was like, "Oh no!" But I did, <laughs> Starbucks did, Wi-Fi confirmed. Vader, no. Did, did no. you guys? Did, how much of my intro did you guys manage to hear? Okay, so we, we got scoundrel. Yeah, yeah. Scoundrel. Gotcha. Yeah, he was trying to get his lightsaber. Um, mm-hmm. All right, and then yeah, can, can continue from from there. And I'm sorry, but yeah, like he would backstab, up. shoot anyone he had to in the back to get that lightsaber because like they like that's the idea that he was like a kid during the Clone Wars and like he was saved by a Jedi one day and he thought that will solve all my hardships and all my problems. So I'll do whatever I have to to get that magical laser sword. <laughs> And so here he is, like, as an adult one day, as, as being a criminal and thinking, no, I got to get a laser sword that can cut through anything, and I'll be the baddest scoundrel ever. Nice. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. ho- hopefully it works out for him. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Star to- 20 character in the making. Yeah. Nice. Top game that. Yeah. Uh, Malik also hosts uh, some games, and I, I just, I don't know. With his beautiful voice, I yeah, I, I think I think he would kill it. Um, <laughs> real quick, want to do some quick shouts out in the chat because man, looks like we have some awesome people in here. Um, we have uh, Luke Potter One's podcast, that boy Steve, Boomerang uh, Boy Saka, Cal Forer, um, Max Vincent, uh, Will Forrest King, uh, Kieran Barr, um, Ace Bronx, Cartoon D Two. Char Char J, Brahms, uh, Chatton, Dagavir, Let's Go, Julia Christine. Uh, we, we got uh, Boricua Wookie, Camilla's in the house, Master Yoro, uh, Liba One, awesome. W- one of my favorite uh, old school uh, you know, Obi Wan cosplayers. And man, it's, it's stacked. I think I even saw. Um, uh, yeah, there's uh, Brian with, uh, with a beard. Um, got pink milk in here. Mm. Awesome, awesome. I love it. It makes me super excited to have people like excited and just and just to talk to interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving moving on. I gotta ask, you know, what do you guys think? And I'll, I'll go to Steph first. What do you? What makes a villain? You know, what is like what is important in creating a villain and you what what do you avoid putting in there 
for me, uh, a truly a villain needs to be more than just like a mustache twirler who's, you know, like tying people to the railroad <laughs> tracks and shit, um, because it needs to be more nuanced than that. It needs to be more compelling than that in order for me to be able to connect with the villain. Because if you can get if, if I can feel for the villain, then I'm begging them to stop or cheering them on uh, as we go through. But if it's if it's entirely too shallow, I can't I can't I can't. Um, so yeah, I really need nuance. I need something relatable. If it's, you know, there's a scared little boy deep down in there or, you know, long tragic manipulation by the force and, and outer forces, and then you get pushed into choking your love to death on a lava planet, things like that. Like I need to relate. Um, so yeah, I need, just like you need a, a relatable hero, you need a relatable villain. There needs to be some kernel in there that makes them a person. Otherwise, they're just a caricature, and like, there's no satisfaction in either their redemption or destruction in there. Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, also, shout out to both Star Wars lawyers that are there, Chris and <laughs> and Beth, um, as well as uh, Brooke in the house and Harith, um, mm. Ace and Corelli Coffee Works. Awesome. Uh, how how about you, Malik? You are the studier of heels. What what makes uh, what makes a villain what they are? <laughs> so, for me, in order to make a villain what they are, you gotta have something unique, something that kind of like sets them apart from the other villains. You know, like oh, like what's am, am I chopping up again? No, 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 no. Am I coming, out, am I coming through clear? No, no, you're you're fine. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I saw it, but like, yeah, like. Like for instance, you know, like going to Star Wars villains, you have like Thrawn, who's like his obsession, his obsession with art. You have Kylo, and, you know, the temper tantrum. It's something that like something unique to that villain that makes them like that is their own thing that I can latch onto for that villain. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, uh, okay, I said, like a signature. What was the other part? Yeah. Some. Yes. Exactly. Something like that. Uh, what was the other part of the question? <laughs> oh yeah. Is there anything that they should avoid doing in, in putting together a, a villain or? anything like that not if i'm not having a motive not having a clear thing that the villain wants i'm not really like for that if a villain's just like i'm doing what i'm doing just because you know <laughs> it's why i feel it's why i find joker sometimes to be written kind of poorly it's like you know like does this villain want to be loved does this villain want to be rich like what does this villain want like why like what's the purpose yeah i can i can definitely see that um i i think Especially like a villain like uh, the Joker specifically, it just depends on who's writing them because sometimes it's complete anarchy. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're like, this guy is, is he a genius who's just like whacked out? Like that's, (laughs) that's what, that's what I like, you know? Um, So yeah, he's Mm -hmm. wildly inconsistently (laughs) written in in my opinion. um, And uh, how about you, Victoria? So I actually got a really amazing opportunity to go to this panel at Atlanta Comic-Con called The Anatomy of a Villain. And it was, it, it fed my villain-loving soul, of course. <laughs> but um, we were talking about um, unpacking villains as far as their narrative function, because a hero is defined by their villain. Mm-hmm. Our, our heroes are um, defined and enhanced highlighted um just like in in a really beautiful way um especially in star wars um 
we see so many amazing villains like you guys brought up that have unique things about them. But as far as um, those narrative functions that we were talking about in this panel, we were talking about categorizing villains into like specific um, like archetypes. And one of those being like the beast, which is a, a villain that comes in usually faceless. We think usually like Jaws. Um, when we think of a villain like this, uh, it's usually something that just comes in, causes some havoc and some chaos, and then leaves. And there's like a, an air of fear uh, that's associated with them, anticipation. Um, and then we have like the mastermind, which is, you you know, like the one that calculates the plans, the corrupted, which was a uh, once hero, but you know, after a long, grueling road, this terrible thing happened, and now they're a villain. You've got the criminal, like, um, like the Scarface, like uh, things like that. Um, mm. You've got forces of nature, and I find myself really drawn to villains that weave between the like those and many other archetypes. Those are just mm -hmm. some examples. Um, and Star Wars does this with such eloquence. Because the first time we see Darth Vader, uh, he walks into this white hallway and he's a faceless being. And mm -hmm. I, I will be focusing not exclusively, but intently on Darth Vader. Um, you guys already know, but uh, know. we see him. <laughs> you, you, you know why I'm here. <laughs> but he walks in faceless um we we see him as beyond human and he causes this havoc we like hear this like really swelling music uh and so he he has this sort of the beast aspect to him that uh, you can't really it, it's an othering situation um and then we start to see you know in empire strikes back the first thing that uh we, we see him become human when he says, I am your father, because in that he is not saying Darth Vader is your father. He is saying there is a human being under this mask that it ha that is your your father. And uh, that is a humanizing. He is he is also taking his identity as Darth Vader and acknowledging that identity as Anakin Skywalker in that moment. And so that's the first time it's fused. Um in a really incredible way. And then, you know, in Return of the Jedi, we see his face, you know, like we see, um, we do see an Empire Strikes Back, like the helmet descending. And so we start to see these moments of the corrupted. Uh, we see these moments of um, a villain that may not be a, a, a beast and other, it, it's somebody that can look like us, but just a little different. And so I, I think there's something that's so beautiful about Star Wars um, villains that kind of weave between archetypes mm -hmm. in a really amazing way. But what should they should avoid? I, I would I would say my personal thought is I don't like villains, as a few of you guys mentioned, that just are predictable. I think that's why a lot of us are drawn to villains and their stories in and of themselves is because they are unpredictable stories. The hero, we know what the hero is going to do. It's what the protagonist is supposed to do. The story has to play out. The hero has to fight this injustice and, you know, stay on this standard. And yes, there are some deviations here and there, but mostly we understand the standard that the hero has to fit. Villains 
don't have that same standard. Yes, they have to oppose, but in, in a lot of ways, we don't know what they're going to do. And so I think there's something beautiful about the unpredictability of villains. Mm-hmm. Nice. That is just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, we're going to start uh, jumping into the villains themselves, but um, mm-hmm. real quick. Oh, we got uh, Emily Curry in the chat who says, hi, Victoria. I love you. Um, hi, Emily. I love you. <laughs> uh <laughs> Brooks says I need Victoria to get into Marvel uh, because of all the villains. I'm trying. Okay, okay. I'm making my way through my <laughs> anime. But... Uh, let's see. We got Char Char saying Malik is spitting facts. Um, <laughs> Cal Forest says to me, a good villain is a hero from their perspective. Just toss in some trauma and horrible acts and bam, good villain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the best villains are the ones who think they're right. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that boy Steve. Also, villains. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> Nothing. I was just reading Brooks' comment. <laughs> <laughs> You'll uh, get there. That boy Steve says a great villain is a hero that chooses the worst choices in life, like Renegade Shepherd. Huge, huge Mass Effect fan. If you haven't played it, go Same. play it. Um, yeah, Shepard is, is a great yeah. villain. Uh, but Man, I never could play Renegade. It hurt my feelings. I had... I well, same. Is, same. If Shepard looked anything like me, I couldn't do it. But if I made him look like someone else <laughs> and, I, and I didn't, like, identify with that person, then I'm like, yeah, get him, you know. <laughs> I would be just fine up until it came time to be mean to Morden and then I couldn't do it. Oh, no way. I mean, I just... Oh he's, he's, a, he's the model of a scientist solarian like you can't mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, boomerang boy Sokka I think the best villains are the ones that don't know the difference between good and bad they're pulled to the dark and torn from the light um, nice you have uh, Char Char a great villain someone who had dark in their life found solace in something they adored and vice versa Lieber one every villain's a hero in their eyes uh, lots of good stuff you know mm-hmm. Um, a great villain has to fit the story that's told um (laughs) uh, villains are hotter i don't make the rules (laughs) (laughs) hey like yeah we saw darth Maul in that mandalorian throne like it's it's just it's just it's just they're they're just hotter just 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 putting out the vibes you know what i mean i'm just saying (laughs) yeah lord uh (laughs) <laughs> we saw Kylo Ren shirtless. Like, like, like come on. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, Several times. Isaac says, uh, "Did Palpatine think he was right? I don't think he cared. He just wanted power at all costs." Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Palpatine didn't care. Palpatine. Speaking of mustache twirlers. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of mustache twirlers. Uh, I mean, I, I do love me some some Palpatine, but. It, it, it yeah. makes it a very simple story. The Clone Wars gave him a lot of nuance, but we will. Uh, mm-hmm. That's we'll, what the we'll Clone Wars is there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it adds so much substance, and yeah. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and just we're, we're going to jump, you know, right into these uh, eras. But first, I wanted to talk about um, the stuff that's outside of you know our traditional means of getting Star Wars. So we have like, you know, the High Republic. We have books. Mm-hmm. We have comics. Um you know what what villains jump out at you guys there 
And uh, yeah, who, who do you want to talk about? And again, we want this to be conversational, so if you guys get ideas, mm-hmm. you want to jump in, you know, absolutely. Um, I'm getting a lot of Ben Swallows in the chat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did it. As we get into this, rather famously, rather famously on my show, I haven't read anything. I have read none of the comics, none of the books. Um, and at this point, it's a point of stubbornness that I'm not gonna until we hit Dark Disciple later on in the podcast. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about this because I don't know yeah. anybody you're about to talk about. So go ahead. Awesome. Uh, that, that's wonderful. But you, know, you, <laughs> uh, and you also, I mean, you do have people like, like Thrawn and stuff, but he kind of steps over boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider mm-hmm. him more, you know, original era villains, but he is comic. Mm-hmm. I met him in Rebels. Uh, so yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh malik what, what do you think who jumps out at you did, did malik freeze again i thought he was I like <laughs> yeah oh no oh baby oh so and so i in terms of like uh uh, uh so i'm not gonna i'm gonna hold off oh did, did I free? Oh, okay. See, I can hear you guys. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, it, double it, curve. It goes. It, it, it's it's coming in and out. Um, yeah, and then we we lost them. <laughs> but uh, you already mentioned one of them, Victoria. But uh, yeah, who, who do you who do you got? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to chat about um, Silo's creations. To to me, I think they're just such immaculate pieces of storytelling um so as background um yeah um (laughs) so these are from the 2015 run of the darth vader comics and the idea is you know simplified of course but um palpatine has commissioned this scientist the same scientist that um created Darth Vader's life support suit to cybernetically enhance a group of people to challenge Darth Vader's position. And so um, each of them are kind of the best of their craft or the best of etc. And so that's where um, we get people like Commander Carbon, <laughs> the most worst nightmare fuel of all time. Um, that's where we get, um, I forget their names every single time, but the twins, um, the, uh, and, but I'm going to focus on Tulan Voidgazer and specifically just all of them as a whole. So um, Silo mentions to Darth Vader, the force is obsolete. These are, or, uh, these are their successors. This is the Force's successor. And so in, in a lot of ways, the language surrounding these people or these cybernetic, enhan- in, cybernetic creations is a, 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 a legacy or a departure from legacy. But Silo mentions to Darth Vader when he sees all of these people in one group, he says, in many ways, these are your children. And like basically saying like Vader is the 1.0 and these people are the 2.0 and just the idea of these are your children and then this is the same comic run in which Boba Fett tells Darth Vader 
the name of the pilot that blew up the Death Star. Um, it's just a lovely, like, storyline surrounding the characterization of Darth Vader, but also just the idea of what villains can look like. Um, and because in a lot of ways, these are your traditional sci-fi type villains. These are the scientists. These are the... Um, like you've got like the arm and the cool you know it's just like things of that nature um and i really like their their symbolism um and specifically just you know as an aside i love toulon void gazer because darth vader in a way in his own way respects her and what she does and because she is uh very emotionally charged all of her friends perished on the death star and um darth vader was its only survivor so he she resents him to her core and is like you failed that and um in, in so many ways and so when they are fighting there's just like amazing banter like she's just so smart and capable and i i i love every bit of all of the silo villains silo era villains and that's why yes the 2020 run has ripped my soul out of my body but the 2015 <laughs> run of darth vader comics is unmatched as far as his characterization to me but those nice. are other villains that i always love yeah, that, that is a great run that is also the run that introduces us um to um uh, what's her name? Dr. Afra? I don't know why her yes. name is starting mm -hmm. to escape And triple zero. Which is what I, some of the people I was going to mention. But yeah. um, before before I go, let's uh, let's let's hear Malik. He's back in action. And I don't hear him right now. Let's. Oh boy. There we go. There we go. I can, no, no, you're you good guys, now. You guys, you guys, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Sorry. So, so a villain who, uh, before I get to the obvious one that me and Chaka will gush about later, a villain that's like really I've been smitten with lately is uh, Grand Admiral Ray Sloan. Because I just think she's such a cool character where it's like yeah. she, like, the Empire's, like, the, the, the Battle of Endor happens and, like, the Empire's in kind of shambles and she pretty much is like, dealing with the stress of trying to hold it all together <laughs> and she kind of makes it work but like still like it's she's just so cool to watch whereas like she's like she's this higher up her like uh like for instance like in the aftermath book um she's flying a lambda shuttle and she sees a bounty hunter like about to snipe her imperial like officials and she goes oh no and gets on the gun herself <laughs> and fires the turret herself <laughs> nice. to take out the bounty hunter and then like the fact that she rises up and you know essentially like helps build what we know as the first order like she's just she's so interesting i really hope to see her in live action someday as well definitely i think she's criminally uh underrated even though i have not read levers of power and we joke about this all the time because <laughs> levi bond loves that book and it's super short and every week he asks us to read it and we just we just don't. <laughs> um, also, a, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to let you keep keep going, but real quick, I'm, I'm super excited because I was able to get the chat functionality to work, so now it's it, it appears on the screen, and um, we are we are getting some. Uh, Haley says, uh, "Is Malik on TikTok? I need to follow." Uh, <laughs> everyone should um if if possible <laughs> is malik on tiktok 
Malik does not make content on TikTok. He's he's a lot. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I forgot. You guys are asking me that question now. Yes, I'm on TikTok under the Jedi Smart. <laughs> nice. Which all my re- all my wrestling fans will get that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, go, I mean, go 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 ahead with your 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 main event. Well, again, one villain that like I've, that I'm, all the higher public fans know well is uh. However you want to say it, Martian, Markion Rowe. Like, abs- like he's, he's been with us for a very short time, but, man, has he made his presence felt. Like, he has just been an absolute, like, just force that the Jedi of the higher public has had to deal with lately. And, like, he, he's, like, we're not – there's still so much we don't know about him, which is so exciting. But, like, what we've seen already is just, like, every moment has been, like, jaw-dropping. <laughs> Would you like to add anything to that, Chuck? Uh yeah. So, so, uh, and Steph, I know you haven't read any of it. I, yeah, I would like, what does he do? Encourage you to, to, because when, when, <laughs> when you start reading Light of the Jedi, you're like, who is this guy? This like little sniveling weasel. Like, I, I hate him. And then as the story <laughs> unfolds, and you're like, oh, oh, he's got some things going on, and he has plans, and he's. <laughs> He's he's got the emotional damage uh, to to carry a, <laughs> a series. Oh, he's, you mean my catnip? Okay. He, he has um, a dark, <laughs> mysterious past that we are slowly unraveling as these stories play out. Uh, he is there's there's so much really cool stuff. The um, the villain that he most reminds me of is um, Moriarty from the BBC's Sherlock. Oh. Um, oh no! And so he's in. He's in what book? What, what book was that? <laughs> he's he's all throughout the High Republic. But yeah, if you if you start with the first book, Light of the Jedi, uh, he has just that that edge where you're like, I don't know if he's going to laugh and give me a high five or stab me in the neck or something like. <laughs> um, I mean, flip a coin. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to read any of the books, he, he, he you know, plays a lot of Doc- chest, um, If I'm going to read any of the books, it's probably going to be High Republic, if only because I am a great lover of romance novels and I understand that there's some grown folks time that finally happens in Star Wars in that series. That's what I've heard. So, yeah. I'm hoping. Um, they're, they're <laughs> Elzar Man uh, is, is, is the man. And then, um, good, good. Aptly named. Thanks, Star Wars names. Appreciate it. <laughs> and then, um, Malik, it, it, it sounds like your 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 keyboard is is a little uh, is picking up in the mic <laughs> quite a bit. Oh, is it? There's some clicking from somebody. I'm, I'm not even. I'm, it's some kind of feedback. Oh my! Why is okay? One why is technology working against me? Okay, I think it stopped. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool beans. No, people just mentioning in in the chat. I hearing it too. But mm-hmm. listen, we we play the hand we're dealt, so it's it's all good. It's all good. Um, for me, I I gotta go yeah. with uh, as far as villains, I have to go with with my after with my girl, Doctor Afra. Um, she also comes out of that Vader twenty fifteen run, um, <laughs> and so she is essentially like. I mean, she's a rogue archaeologist, and like, 
at her very core, it's like she agrees more with the Empire than anything else, but she's very morally ambiguous. Uh, and she travels around with two droids, a protocol droid and an astromech, well, sort of a blastomech, um, where it's, blastomech? it's meant to look like an astromech, but it doesn't mm -hmm. have all the, you know, hacking features and stuff like that that you would. Instead, it has a bunch of guns and flamethrowers and stuff hidden. Yeah! Um, <laughs> and he's, he's pretty badass. Uh, and then, that sounds amazing. Triple Zero is a crazy murder interrogation droid. Um, so, like, one of my favorite Triple Zero moments is uh, they are trying to find, you know, the location of... Um, they're trying to find a, a location, and so Vader sends in Triple Zero to interrogate the prisoner. <laughs> a little while later, Triple Zero, you know, comes out. He looks he looks like C-3PO, but silver. Uh, and he's like, I have good news and I have bad news. And Vader's like, just just give me the good news. He's like, okay, well, I was able to get the information, so I know where we need to go. And then Vader just goes, good, kill him. And he's like, well, then I have more good news. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. So, my, my favorite triple zero moment, if you don't mind me jumping oh, in. Oh, please do. So Jeez. he has the same, so he has the triple zero personality matrix, which was like so dangerous that I had to be quarantined by Watambor. <laughs> well, he also has the C3PO personality. So like the, like the protocol droid, um, protocols i don't know mm -hmm. i don't need another word for it but he's so polite and so they're in shu tarun and i think it's like darth vader annual one or two or maybe one and they're just like he says like he like kills them all with bt and he's like oh, they all died of heart attacks and like it wasn't a heart attack <laughs> and it was because they got killed by them in the heart because <laughs> their heart was attacked That's so awesome. it was just funny and yeah he's so if you funny. are so bad that you have to be quarantined by Watt Tambor yeah Watt Tambor is making that call oh yep. scary <laughs> yeah his head looks like a tooth if we're going through favorite triple zero moments I think oh, I like yeah. when uh when they when they heist all the money and Triple Zero is like, I'm more aware of the fact that I'm not getting paid right now. <laughs> yeah, he's nice. funny. He's very funny. Yeah, you, you would you would definitely enjoy him, Steph. But he um, sounds delightful. <laughs> all right, moving forward, let's jump into and I just kind of went in chronological order here, so let's jump into the original trilogy and uh, see what what villains pop out. Um, since you didn't get to go at all last time, we'll start with Steph. <laughs> I don't know original trilogy. I can't think of anybody. I don't, did we have a bad guy in the original trilogy? I, <laughs> I mean, I you're, you're, of course you're one of them sympathizers. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, oh Vader. Um, <clears throat> of course we have the Vader, but the first time that I watched, because I met Star Wars at a very young age, and so there was Vader, and of course, when it, you know, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Victoria, that he's, you know, faceless. He's like, he's like a monster. So mm -hmm. scarier to me the first time that I was encountering A New Hope was not Vader, it was Tarkin. Yes. It's whoever's holding that monster's leash. That's the scary guy. 
Yeah. That's the guy you got to watch out for. Also, he has bad guy cheekbones, which is a lot like <laughs> yes. bad guy hair in Final Fantasy. He's got bad guy cheekbones. Yeah, you could cut he a just, roast on his face. <laughs> he absolutely could. And he was so blasé about having this, this dark armored nexus of phenomenal cosmic power at his beck and call. He was just so British about dealing with him. Uh, I love him. And I love um, that he's just doing his job. This is the job that he's doing, and Vader is the tool that he's been given to do it. And that is definitely a sense that permeates his uh, presence in the original trilogy. It is, I love it. Love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I, the way George Lucas like gave us a switcheroo when it came to the prequels, and they're like, no, here's this little boy. And you're like, oh, no. You be in everything. Um. No, Tar- Tarkin's just a, a, a face to be feared. Um, mm-hmm. also we got, Even more uh, so on Rogue One. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For uncanny valley reasons, yes. Yeah, he walked straight off of the uh, the, the Orient Express. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that terrifying time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got uh, Pink Milk in here saying Jabba the Hutt is the ultimate... Um, that, that's who, that's actually what I was going to bring up when we eventually got to meet Jabba is fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, go go ahead. Let's hear it. Well, <laughs> I, I always, see. I always like Jabba because like you didn't you kept hearing Jabba's before, of course, the edits. You kept hearing Jabba's name and you didn't mm-hmm. see or know anything about him. He's like, oh, I got to pay off Jabba that. You don't want to owe Jabba that. Oh, Jabba wants his money, and you kept hearing about it from like a New Hope to Empire. You're like, what does this Jabba look like? And you know, the deleted scene shows he's just a guy in a coat, which thankfully didn't go with that one. But mm-hmm. uh, we eventually got to the return of the Jedi. You're like, wow, that's not what I thought Jabba the Hutt would look like. And you're like <laughs> in awe of this giant slug man. <laughs> it's like wow this is the scar face of space like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, personally I'm excited because in, in the Vader uh, well in the current um, War of the Bounty Hunters I can't remember the Hutt's name but he's he's ripped and he's got abs and stuff and you're like this is <laughs> uncomfortable what is it this? It's a lot of muscle to move that much Hutt around true, like they're true. all ripped underneath the slug of it all but like he's just just doing <laughs> doing sit ups and like hanging obliques and like, <laughs> like I don't know I'm just trying to picture the process of getting to that point can you imagine the size of his protein shakes? You know, you know what Hut caught my eye during that comic is the one he he's in Clone Wars too, the one with the mustache, Brando the Hut. <laughs> he's clearly Arlo, supposed to be yeah. a Marlin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one of the few to survive the great Savage oppressing. Yeah. Uh, God. I think the greatest villain uh, has to be whoever wrote the scene of of uh size noodles and, and, oh, uh, and zero huts huts need love too chaco and the rest will follow size noodles is a gem <laughs> <laughs> justice uh, for Sai. love her uh well before before we get to uh victoria that boy steve asks a question here um genuine question is boba a villain I feel like he gets a bad rep for capturing Han, but that's what bounty bounty hunters do. They often go after what bounties are available. So Mm -hmm. is Boba Fett a villain? Um, Boba Fett's no more a villain than a blaster is a villain. A hammer's not a villain. Like, 
the Death Star is not a villain. Boba's a tool. He's he is in to my mind he is a true neutral character. Yeah. He's doing his job. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I, also I, gonna quote sorry. that uh, according to Stephanie, Boba Boba Fett's a tool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I I I'll, I I guess I'm gonna have to screw through this stuff because like the hammer's not choosing to hit that nail and it's not choosing who's holding it. Boba Fett knows who he's working for. He <laughs> he knows where he's getting the money from and he's not <laughs> and he's not really having any qualms about it. <laughs> Well, no, but I feel like he also knows that the Empire is the only one that can afford him right now at his enough. rates for what he's worth. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I spent too much time with Thane uh, in Mass Effect, where oh, the true. assassins can absolve Aww. themselves of the guilt. Yeah. Yeah, as, as Femship, and I'm like, who am I going to room with Thane? Always, I've never, <laughs> I've never, it's never been anyone but Thane. Also, Thane or Garrus, Thane or Garrus, every I, time. <laughs> also, I got permission from my wife that if we have a son, I can name him Thane, um, because I have Aww. I have three Thanes in my life. There's <laughs> Thane Krios, um, Thanos' son Thane, but most importantly, Lost Stars. If you've oh, it's part hurts so good, <laughs> hurts so good. <laughs> Um, how about you, uh, Victoria? Yes. <laughs> so, um, this is where I one. <laughs> no, this is where I spend a lot of my time analyzing, and so I will not talk this much about everything, I promise, but I do have, uh, so many things to unpack about, um, these villains. Um, starting first, though, with, um, Piet. So Admiral Piet is a really underrated character to me. And I think such a beautiful example of what they, so he, he, his place, he is the only, I, I believe the only named imp Imperial that gets to live beyond one movie. <laughs> um, they, they, they drop like flies. I honestly couldn't tell. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. But it was. I'm telling you, probably this time last year when I read this piece to do his analysis. So I, I cannot recall 100%. So nobody like fight to the death on that. But he was one of his designs and intents for the Piet character was to show that the the Empire was human. And so I think it's so interesting because we get a lot of this unpacked in Lost Stars about these are people that have jobs and families and hopes and dreams and they are doing the wrong thing. They are in a system that is wrong. And are they evil because they're in a system that's wrong? No. Are they evil because they continue to perpetuate the system that is wrong? Yes. And so I think that that's a really important distinction that Admiral Piet begins to unpack. I think another thing that's really interesting to me about Piet um, is you see how hard he's working. He is a pleaser. He wants to win. You see him bring up the um, things that they found in the Hoth system. Uh, yeah, I know. I love how Vader says, Piet. <laughs> I saw that in the chat. But anyways, so he brings up the things he finds in the Hoth system in front of Darth Vader, like on purpose. So, you know, he's like the, the teacher pet type. 
And then Kendall Ozel is all, oh, well, you know, that could be anything. It could, you know, just be, you know, like an unmarked settlement, as I believe what he calls it. And then Vader's like, no, no, no. Look at this. And I think, you know, Piet loves that and is like, oh, I, I did good. See, I got a gold star. Um, then I, I, you have to respect Piet because he is literally on that Zoom call when Darth Vader's like, you are in command now, Admiral. And like, that's his promotion. And so he's like, if I mess up. Um, and one of, something that's so poetic about his end to me is I believe he says something like forward or some, some I, I can't recall, um, but one, one of his commands is about kind of like pushing through, pushing, pushing forward. And that, that's his like character to me. It's like he was always like driven and wanting and trying to do his job. And he didn't look in his peripheral to see what am I actually doing? You know, like it, it just, uh, I think there, there's such mm. poetry to the Admiral Piet character. You get caught up um, in the rat race and you're just like yeah. trying to get that promotion and you're not paying attention that, uh, which is such a baller Vader move, that yeah. the other guy is still alive. He's in the process of choking the dying. Yeah. <laughs> you got promoted. He's still standing there <laughs> dying and you're just like. I got promoted. And you're like, but you just <laughs> look at. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's also, oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry, Steph. Vader's HR department has a, uh, has a oh, really God. quick on the forums. Oh, yeah. just like, it's already done here. Yeah. <laughs> Condolence cards ready to send out to the family. <laughs> oh yeah. It's really just a point and click at this point. The forms are already done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 1000%. Um, doing a mail my, merge for whoever he killed this week. <laughs> yeah. I think it is cool that we see Piet mess up though, too. Like we see him mess up, um, especially like near the empire at the end of empire strikes back. Like they let the millennium Falcon go and you see Piet just standing there. Like it's my time. They're standing nope. over there on the command bridge. And then Vader walks past him and you see him go, Oh, you know, it's like, see, I, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I love that scene in lost stars because Sienna adds even more tension where it's like, what yeah. is Vader going to do? Now? <laughs> he's know, like, oh, he's just walking away. Yeah. I I completely I'm so glad you brought that up because that that scene yeah is really beautiful as it relates to Piet. Um Tarkin is um we've already kind of unpacked him just a bit. Um but yeah, Tarkin Tarkin's scary. And mm -hmm. I I think that's what is uh there's some there's some amazing villains in the original trilogy. Um but moving to Darth Vader. Man, where do I start? <laughs> I don't even know where to start with him. But um, we kind of, in, in my intro, I, or in the first question, I talked a little bit about how he weaves between the villain archetypes and really, we, we get to see a really complex character. Um, I love seeing as, you know, Luke is growing into his role as a hero, we see Darth Vader kind of disintegrating out of his role as the villain. Um, and I, I think that's a really beautiful, like, parallel to kind of see. Um, I think, you know, like, his identity is something that really resonates with me. As far as, like, the very beginning, it's Darth Vader. And then, you know, that huge shift in Empire Strikes Back, where he acknowledges that, like, Anakin Skywalker 
exists, one, but two is, he says, I am your father. Like, he, he takes on that identity. Um, and then, even more, one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is at the very end of Empire Strikes Back when um, he reaches out to Luke and he, like, Luke is literally comatose and he shoots up and says, Father, as if he recognizes him, not Vader. He says, Father, as if he recognizes him in a way that is different from when he said no and rejected him and fell down the, like, shoot on Bespin. We see Luke meet our villain where he was. And I think that that's such a powerful scene because you, you see Luke shoot up, call him father, recognize him as father. And then there's a pause before son. And it's just like, Oh God, it's so beautiful to me. I love that. Um, And I think, you know, even without, that's the first time we see Anakin in the original trilogy. Right. Absolutely. The first time I saw like Vader's like, I am your father, that felt so unsanctioned. Like there is no way your boss knows that you're out here telling this kid that you're his dad and you want him to join you and take over the galaxy. Like that's nobody right. this is not something that you're gonna tell your boss about later. Like this is off Mm -hmm. the reports. It felt really cool because that's that started a divergence in the bad guys right back. Oh, absolutely. One of the things I I often think about as well is because when he says I am your father and he's like we'll take over like to me that's very much Vader that's saying that yes. um, but he has this expression when Luke falls of just like oh shit <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. I exactly. was not expecting <laughs> this um, and then it I just like was... rips yeah. your soul out when you see the perspective <laughs> of Vader 2020 Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. But I almost expect him to go, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, I he's like, that. that really is my son. He's so drama too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So drama. Anakin Skywalker would have totally flung himself off of something. Yeah. <laughs> totally. No. But, I, but like um, that connection of yeah. like, he sees him fall and then like, I feel like that point, Anakin probably popped back up to the surface because he was no longer trying to recruit this powerful guy to be a Sith, but because he was mm-hmm. watching... He's watched many people watching die, but son. this is his son. Mm-hmm. And then they have that moment. But, sorry, keep going, uh, Victoria. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think um, one thing that also really resonates with me as far as the Darth Vader character, not taking into account any of the um, external media necessarily... I'm sorry, there's a something else. <laughs> um meaning like the the prequels or anything i i think that um the idea of like the light side of the force giving clarity we see we see that in the original trilogy and we see the dark side creating doubt we see the dark side creating veils of vision we see the dark like we don't see necessarily the nature of the dark side until um obi-wan says something about the nature of the dark side in to as a force goes to luke but 
we we start to see that it, it's not it, it's like yes easily corruptible but it's something that clouds you and then taking into account other media we know that his like hub is on or like his castle is on Mustafar and Mustafar being this like hub for the dark side and Mustafar having characteristics, the planet itself having characteristics that create delusions. And I like, and like the, there's something that I was reading about the planet where it's like, there's like a gaseous lake that makes people see things. And just the nature of the dark side being something that clouds who you, like what you see. And, like, in the light side of the Force, we see clarity. We see that in Rebels in a very, very real way. Um, like, a very literal way. The, like, the, the, light, the light side of the Force gives you eyes to see. Um, and so I love that, like, Darth Vader is kind of, like, fumbling around in um, uh, Return of the Jedi. Like, he is fumbling around because... He's clouded, and he he doesn't really know what's going on. And um, I, I so I think like Return of the Jedi is a really amazing thing. And then like he sees, he sees that at the very end, like he sees that clarity. Like you see the conflict, and when he saves Luke, it, it it's a really beautiful moment of clarity. But um, I was gonna say specifically in that scene, like. I, I did an analysis once on the like act of him stopping Luke's lightsaber from striking down Palpatine. And just the idea of like that being him saving Luke, not saving Palpatine. And we, we know from, you know, like uh, the sequel trilogy that that that's true. And um so I think that that's like a really beautiful moment of seeing like where his head was at, where what what's going through Darth Vader's mind in that moment, like what he wants for his son. And um, I just think that that's really incredible. And then um, what I love most about Darth Vader is, and this is also kind of like going outside of the original trilogy like for a second, but I like what I love is that like he's really bad. Like Anakin is terrible at being a hero. Like he's a bad hero. He's not selfless. He's not like strong or the best at things. Like he's like I mean he is strong. <laughs> Fanboys don't come for me. But like like he's not the best at being a hero. You know like I, I he's not a good hero. And so I, I think that I don't know in the in the very end he wasn't. You know, like the the chosen one bringing balance to the force is not about this grand, huge act. It's about him. Like he wasn't doing that. He wasn't pushing Palpatine, like yeeting Palpatine to bring balance to the force. He wasn't doing it for a grand heroic reason. He's still a villain. He's doing it because he loves. He hurts. He fears. Like, and that's what's that, that's what I was talking about with like unpredictability. Like a hero would be like, oh, I've got to do the greater good, but he's not a hero. Right. He is a villain, and he wanted he loves deeply. He loves his son deeply, and so he was saving Luke in that moment, not trying to be a hero. And so I think that that's something that's so beautiful and so relatable, and which makes him a way more complex character to me. 
but I yeah. Think, I think it's one thing that's really easy to like forget because a lot of times it's like, oh, bad guy, bad, everything bad. But mm -hmm. bad guys love things. They love people. They have friends and family and hobbies and like, like uh, being evil is not a hobby unless you're Palpatine. But um, yeah. yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't. Now that being said, I I love Palpatine. Now I didn't I did not love him until until and and again it's it's not canon, but until the when I read the Plagueis book um, and stuff like that and, and like dug into outside media, and then you find out like okay these Sith really believe in this cause that's just outside of everything and it's never discussed in the films we don't get anything from their perspective but watching palpatine in the clone wars really let me in on he is not omnipotent by any means like he tries to portray himself as but he like his plans are about to unravel at any given second like he is he is floating checks and if if like he if his car breaks down and he can't make it to the bank to like float another check then then it's then the gigs up and that just makes me laugh so much of like okay they're gonna find me um can you like kidnap Padme or something I, I don't I don't know like I, I don't I don't care just just do something um and uh the book Labyrinth of, of Evil is like again it's not not a canon book but it's the one that leads into um revenge of the sith and then like explains the whole attack on coruscant and i realize i'm getting to the prequel stuff here but i just i just have to have to share it the whole book is basically yeah mace windu's gonna catch me um hey grievous can you come pick me up <laughs> that's the cliff notes of the book they're they're, they're coming can you come can you come get me please and then like they so they come and then everyone forgets like that they almost caught the sith lord because this big thing happened but it's like mm -hmm. hey man just i don't i don't care where you are come pick me up now <laughs> yeah um uh, Although I, I will I will have to say and I think it was uh, Pink Milk in the chat that brought it up as well. Callus, Callus was this guy you hated and you hated yeah. and then you loved him and then you're like I'm so confused like and then at, in the end he put on a little weight and he was just happy and you're just like <laughs> he's, he's I, I have a very conscious he's, he's the epitome of that of that meme of this guy got a hundred times hotter when his life fell apart. Like, <laughs> oh my God. He grew up I, I have, and he got some hair going. Yeah. I have Good a very guys. controversial Callus opinion where I would have liked it if Callus hadn't have been redeemed. I would have liked to see Callus go full on Imperial. <laughs> like, I don't mean it's still good, but I still like would have found it interesting. Like, hey, like, what if Callus stayed loyal to the Empire, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that or if he had like, happily ever after with his husband Zeb. Uh, <laughs> or if he like kind of backslid you know like it's like yeah, he like was like oh yeah i'm like totally good now and then he's like no <laughs> i don't like, like he's retired but he's still like 
once in a while, Anx is his neighbor, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, "Sorry, sorry, reflex." <laughs> I wasn't thinking. I came in here and I took all of your property because yeah. I just thought I deserved it. Um, <laughs> right. You weren't managing it properly. I see that I was wrong, and I apologize. A, a good case to. <laughs> a good case you could have made. A good case you could have made was uh, maybe Callus joins the rebellion, sees Saw Guerrero's methods, and go. Maybe these aren't the righteous folk I thought they were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, there, there's heroes on both sides. There's villains on both sides. Yes. Saw Guerrero mm-hmm. is one of those villains that's on on the other side of the fence. And, and oh, man, that's that's what makes me excited for um, uh, for. Andor, because mm. yeah, Andor had no qualms killing someone because he was going to hold him back. <laughs> and he's just like, no. uh, sorry, oh, your arm's broken. I gotta, you're slow me down. I got to climb up here. You got a broken arm. I got an extra yep. bullet. So let's resolve all of this real mm-hmm. quick. Made, um, made the war very gray. <laughs> but uh, we also come to my personal uh, spirit animal, which is Grand Admiral Thrawn. I love Thrawn. Um, I am hard-pressed to actually find him to be a villain, which I think is what makes him such a a good villain. Um, Because you you meet him very much in that villainous role in Rebels. Um, He is taking down... He's taking it to this Rebel cell with, Mm. with everything he has. And literally... The, the force, uh, you know, I, I, there's so many times people complain like, oh, that's just like deus ex machina. And you're like, that's, that's literally what the force is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all the force is. The force it's is whatever like, you need to happen in that moment. If you've written yourself into a corner, force gets you out of it. Like that's. Yeah. Ugh. So when you watch Rebels, they all die unless the force <laughs> very specifically intervenes. All of all of Thrawn's plans work, but they didn't count on on either like someone else being super greedy, um, or uh, space whales with tentacles. Um, <laughs> like going to hyperspace really randomly, do. or really giant the space whales. Yeah, giant, uh, giant space mooses mm-hmm. that create <laughs> storms, and you're like. <laughs> Like, come on, man! Like, <laughs> actor in the wildlife. <laughs> that, that that's why that, when I play Smash Brothers, I hate fighting against Hero because it's just like it's just random. You don't even know what it's going to happen. Like <laughs> that scene where Thrawn talks to the Bendu gives me goosebumps every mm-hmm. single time because it's just, mm-hmm. it's played so well. He's like, I see your Ed, and Thrawn's like, Thrawn at first, Thrawn doesn't like gloat. He's like fascinated by this creature like what are you and he's like what do you see tell me and then you know and he's like i'm beyond your capability to destroy and he has that line where it's like i see your end grabbed by arms and stuff and which i think will factor into live action i think like i think that line's gonna come back and bite thrawn somehow that like he like we will see arms grab him again somehow mm-hmm. well like, i mean again because that that also just sounds like the port the purgles like you predicted I, what the purgles were gonna do mm-hmm. um but it absolutely could be twofold. Yeah. Again, like Thrawn, Thrawn's not defeated. He's coming back. <laughs> like now that we know, so he's not defeated. No, so right. <laughs> he was, was defeated. He wasn't killed. Uh, so yeah, I, fair I, enough. Go ahead, Steph. It's Lars Michelson's performance is what really sold that character because I'd never encountered him prior to Rebels. I understand he's in a book or two. 
or something. Uh, but or six, yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> here or there. Uh, but no, him in Rebels, that performance where he's just so he's so controlled and so soft spoken and and interested. Uh, this was really the first time you have a villain who's like, I want to learn all about your culture so that I can subjugate you more thoroughly. Right? <laughs> he's an intellectual, uh, and just the just the way he just purrs his way through every situation. He's so damn calm. It's unnerving as hell is what it is, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, so like if we're talking about characters that I just like kin, um, Thrawn is up there. Thrawn is up there, Eraserhead and Itachi are like <laughs> Yes. I, I can, so. The trifecta. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I, I just I don't know, I just I just love it. Um, we got the uh, soda. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say one of my favorite. It's such a weird thing, but I I don't know why, but I love how Lars Mikkelsen says Hera's last name because he goes Cindula <laughs> every single time he goes. He just goes Cindula yeah. every single time he says it. It's like he's, so he's smooth. That, he's that guy that goes to the Tex-Mex restaurant and is like, I would like to order the burrito. Like he has this, <laughs> yeah. in the accent. Why you would be like some enchiladas? <laughs> no, no, sir. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we we got uh, Soda Man in chat. Um, you know, spread some love for for Tarkin, Isaac Church, my buddy, uh, with with Palpatine, uh, Pink Milk talking about EV ninety nine, which I don't recall who that is. So it's job it's Jabba's torture droid who's like who's frying Gonk's feet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even I don't even understand the behind that. Um, <laughs> Vince Skywalker It says, hurts. <laughs> uh, Vince says Pal- Palps is hands down the luckiest bastard in history. Uh, 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 agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, the Zillow Beast almost outed him that one time. Yeah. Did, it was yeah. like nobody on Coruscant could speak Zillow. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, I Dave love Dave Filoni, he was screaming about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, no, he's a Sith Lord. He's bad. Look at him, destroy a skyscraper. <laughs> Look, there he is. Nobody spoke Zillow. Crying shame. Um, Brooke says Thrawn is kind of like the Gus Fring of Star Wars. That's a very yes. I don't know um, who Gus, Gus Fring, Fring is. So he is a he is a villain from Breaking Bad who is like you see him. He gives off major Thrawn vibes. Uh, I see. Uh, yeah. We got Nico in the chat. You're doing some some legends callbacks, Lumia, Abeloth. Um, I hate Abeloth personally, but <laughs> Lumia, Lumia with, with her uh, lightsaber whip was really interesting. Just kept popping up everywhere, and you just, yeah. Um, all right, um, and I and I, I, I apologize we're getting behind, but let's jump into the prequels. Um, who who do we got on on deck for your your prequels villains? I know who. Uh, well, the one I want to shove out in airlock the most, but it might not be who you think. Um, let's go to let's go to Malik first. Oh boy! Um, so a prequel villain I think I'd love to bring up first. Oh man, uh, I'm torn between two, and I think I'm gonna I'm thinking I'm gonna go with the other because I think I have more to say about him. Uh, Darth Maul, 
Uh, because it's it's so insane to think that for a time all we had was the Phantom Menace for Maul, and that was kind of mm -hmm. it. And now we have the Clone Wars and Rebels, which wildly expands and wildly like just like makes them so much more of a fascinating character. Where I thought it was genius to like of Filoni to take the fact that we already know that Maul has to fail and make that like the crux of what makes this character so tragic. Where I think mm -hmm. uh, Freddie Prince Jr. said that he's Sisyphus. He's he's pushing that boulder up the hill, but he's never going to get it up there. But like he's still so persistent being like, he can get a criminal empire. He can see it with the Mandalorians. He can get the Darksaber. He can partner with Ezra. It's not going to work because it's just not going to, it's not how it's supposed to play out, you know? But the fact that, yeah, and deep down we feel like Maul knows that, but he still he still persists. He's still like, no, like I that's all I am. Rage, hate, vengeance. I have to get that boulder up there. Be it killing Kenobi or having a brother or like it's it like but we and then we know Asidius is gonna be like ha, 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 push the boulder back. <laughs> Every time. Every yeah. time. So, so I, I love hated there Darth Maul. <laughs> you hated Darth Maul? <laughs> I'm telling you, I was about to say I was gonna say when you started talking, I hated Darth Maul. When you finish talking, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm telling you, I I've you had a whole journey so right there. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I've spent so long being like, ugh. <laughs> but and not in a way that like I would ever hate on anybody else for liking Darth Maul because I think it's amazing that Star Wars is such an expansive galaxy that we can all find people that we relate to or love mm -hmm. or find in interesting. But it was always like, oh, Darth Maul exists, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. But that was really a beautiful analysis. That was yeah. really amazing. What a valuable insight. Now I'm going to be no. thinking about this. Good. Yeah, so, and, you, and you think about like, what does Obi Wan do from all at the end? He cuts the boulder in half and lets him mm -hmm. rest. Like you know, it's like yeah. So good. His arms <laughs> as he dies. Yeah. I, I like. That's ah! so good. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always like to see that moment as, um, be, I mean, because Obi Wan didn't try to save him. He didn't do anything peaceful. Uh, he just just murked him immediately quick fast <laughs> and in a hurry and i i actually like to think of it as the kindest thing that he could have done for maul like maul yeah, is, putting him down he, maul just he just he, he's just like i'm so tired can you help me sleep <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I consider, like this is the man that killed satine that killed qui-gon that is like yeah. tortured obi-wan for like literal years and he's still sending him off of comfort like wow man Absolutely. also there's a weird scene in rebels where maul has a like a shrine to satine and you're like oh, <laughs> yeah. what is this so what's creepy. happening is it like the dark saber in front of it too yes <laughs> like ooh. What's wrong with you? It's just, it's like, you went full on Helga from Hey Arnold. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my highest kin for a really long time. I'm just kidding. Joking, 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 joking. Um, I, so, real quick for me, like, my, my heart goes straight to Riff Tampson. I hate him more than anyone ever he's a stupid shark? shark he's a stupid shark face idiot i i don't i don't know why i hate him so much i just uh, hate Riff Tamsin Riff Tamsin? more than um 
uh, season four of Clone Wars, they oh, have shit. the uh, the arc where they go yes! to, to uh, Mon Cala. That fucking guy. <laughs> I have an irrational hate. It's not irrational. No, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But but people are like, Pong Krell is the worst character ever. And I'm like... There's room for more? <laughs> we can have multiple worsts. If 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 if, if Palpatine, Pong Krell, and, <laughs> and Rift Hampson were in a room, and I only had two bullets, I, I no, I would shoot Pong Krell and Rift Hampson. But I I would I would make it a show, like I would <laughs> save it with Rift Hampson. That's, that's the difference. Just straight through the gills, so he suffocates. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he was cool, you know, like flying through, chomping heads, like, oh, it's a, that's that's really dope. I never seen anything like that. <laughs> I, I, oh, and the scene where he just like starts chomping on um, Padme's helmet, I'm like, oh, you're such a dick. I hate you. So much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody else by that point has taken a pot shot at Padme. He just wanted his. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, but yeah, uh, who else do do you, do you guys got? Did you say yours, Steph? Um. So when you start talking prequels, uh, you know, you've got The Phantom Menace, The Phantom Menace, the title of the first movie of this entire story, The Phantom Menace. And for me, The Phantom Menace is Palpatine. He is the overarching bad guy of all of this. And we see him when he's like just getting started. He's still a senator from Naboo. You know, he's still moving, shaking and, and, and moving chess pieces. But it is all bottom, now he's here. Yeah. Now he's here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but he, you know, he's, he's moving chess pieces and he's getting stuff in place, but he's all, he is all the strings and I hate Palpatine. I, he's, he's not, there's no nuance to this guy. All he wants is power and total galactic domination. There's nothing else to him. There's no, I, I don't see anything that I can relate to there. He's more of a force of nature type villain. He's, yeah. he's the phantom menace. He's an environmental fact. I can identify with him about as well as I can identify with a hurricane. He's going to roll in. He's going to destroy everything. And he's going to cackle. I'm not saying he's not fucking hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> I love watching him, especially during Clone Wars, all the times that he's like, bad me. Like, she's just, she thwarts him all the time. I love watching him. But as a villain, he's just there. He's a fact of the story. He doesn't do anything for me. But if we're going to talk prequel era villains, that's where we meet him. So, sure, Palpatine. There you go. Hurricane you Palpatine. That is, is my feelings on Galactus. And, and, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, yeah. Galactus needs to come. I'm like, why? He doesn't Why? say anything. He doesn't do stuff. Like you can't. Like, does he have an apartment? Fight him. Like, he just... Does he have like like a fridge in his giant apartment with planets, like <laughs> leftover yeah. pieces? But now I kind of want to see him as those old like Tropicana orange juice commercials where he just takes a planet and shoves a straw in it. And as a kid, you're like, is that real? Can you do that? You can't do that. I've tried. You can't do I've tried. It. it didn't, yeah. Yeah, 10 year old <laughs> me tried that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. Um, and uh, and then, then and I, I apologize because we've just been having so much fun. Uh, Victoria, did you share yours for pre? I have not. Can you hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Okay, sorry. It looks like I'm frozen, or like it looks like my computer is frozen. I'm... You're, you're mm-hmm. coming in and out, but, but. Uh... Uh... You're kind yeah, of a slideshow, but I can hear you. Go for okay, it. Yeah. Is, if you can yeah. hear me, that's fine. You just don't. Yeah, even, we can hear yeah, you. Y'all need to look at me. Anyways, <laughs> um, I think what you said, Steph, about the the idea of the force of nature villain. That's that's kind of where my head was at when I th- was thinking prequel era villains because yes we have some pieces to and some faces to put this force of nature on but ultimately it's we're watching an entire system fail we're watching an entire galaxy like turn on its back you know like we're we're watching like the republic fall we're watching systems be corrupted and 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 so i think the idea to me and what is really incredible and incredibly different about the prequel trilogy is that anticipation Mm -hmm. is the villain um or like the the inevitable end is the villain and so i Mm -hmm. i I find that to be really powerful about the prequels to me well you have some great prequel era villains like we cannot uh not mention Ventress. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, but ultimately, we are just looking at anticipation as the villain. Because mm-hmm. we know where it's going. Yeah. Right? We've seen the train wreck. We're just following the tracks back. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Where, where is it? There's just a, <laughs> a comment that made me so happy. There we go. My buddy Isaac Church. He says, I mean, let's be honest. The greatest villains of the prequels are the Trade Federation. <laughs> and I was like, uh, otherwise known as, as uh, very busy uh, Japanese businessmen. And you're like, uh, yeah, they were, they were kind of ridiculous in, in a lot of ways. But they still make me laugh. <laughs> um, now, uh, Asajj Ventress. I mm-hmm. mean, you already said that you plan to read Dark Disciple at some. Point. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I, I'm I currently reading Ventress. it. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. Don't spoil yeah, it. I'm but it's really, good. I'm really. It's really good. <laughs> when when people say, I don't know where to start reading. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Disciples always in the conversation of like this is nice. one of the great places to and because it's legitimately a Clone Wars arc that just got mm-hmm. turned into a novel and released that way. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. You're you're mm-hmm. you're gonna love. Also, Steph, I know we've we've brought this up a couple times, but Lost Stars. From what you've from what you've said during this, uh-huh. I'm gonna need you to read Lost Stars. Like, yeah. What, what is Lost Stars? Is it a comic? Is it a novel? What is it? It's a novel. It, it's a it's mm-hmm. a novel, and it is uh, a it's it's kind of a love story, um, in, in in a way. It's it's star-crossed lovers on both mm-hmm. sides of the conflict, but it takes place in the backdrop of the entire original trilogy. So. You get people who were on the Death Star when it blew up Alderaan. Oh, Um, okay. And those are characters that you have gotten to know and love through, you know, throughout this book. And so, like, from everything you've said (laughs) so far, 
I actually think that needs to be the first thing that you. I, I mean, I'll, I'll dip into my own pocket to 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 help that <laughs> to help that happen. Um, because I, because of how impactful I, I think uh, I think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I always and, say like Lost Lost Stars is to this day the only piece of Star Wars content to ever make me ball my eyes out cry. Like I was I was oh, sobbing oh. when I was done that book. It's 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 such a good read, but it hurts in the best way. <laughs> I, I started a Star Wars um, book club largely because I needed more people to read Lost Stars. <laughs> oh no! So that was that was the first book we, we went through, and we've gone through everything else. I just want more people to to, to be reading. It's like them the Star because, Wars, eat, pray, love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 you see Claudia Gray as the author, it's going to be great. Just yeah, her her character work is <laughs> incredible. All right, all right. Um. Anyways, all right. Oh, uh, and that boy Steve brings out Lost Stars is also a manga. They did make a manga. It's kind of abridged. Um, like you get less of the side characters in it. Um, I love to hate me some some Nashwood writer. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Jedi Connor, my boy Connor here. Crosshairs is in that gray area, but I love him. Cross- I Cross- Crosshairs was an awesome villain to have. Absolutely great. He had the great join me speech too, which that's another great thing you need for a Star Wars. Well, you need a great join yeah. me speech. Join mm-hmm. me speeches are staple of Star Wars villains, and his was fantastic. Just speaking to his brother, like, "Hey, like we're brothers. Like you left me, but I'm giving you a chance to make it right. Join me." It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> man, I did not expect to walk away from that show loving Crosshair more than anybody, but <laughs> I do. I really do. Well, can, can you give Tech a bone? Just toss him a bone. Like, just what? Just what? Like he did in the last episode. He like, gets enough bones. Have you seen the simping? Yeah, he's got enough really bones. He doesn't need it from me. He's good. Okay, but let's all, let's let's be honest. Hauser got a lot more simping. He was in two episodes. I had, did okay, you see the hair and scars? Haircut. Did you see the hair? Did you see the the Rex like integrity? Did you see the competency? I'm not saying it was wrong. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree. First but, class yeah. fade. I love that. Oh. <laughs> hey, you know who we forgot to mention from the prequel era? Dooku. Yeah, absolutely. Dooku. We meet him in Attack of the Clones. And like, uh, holy shit, Count Dooku. Christopher Lee, <laughs> man. Used to be a Jedi. Now he's, now he's Christopher Lee, who could convince me to do anything with that voice. <laughs> oh. oh, Count Dooku. I mean, my, my favorite my favorite Dooku line of all time has to be when him, Obi Wan, and Anakin are are captured and they're chained together, <laughs> and, and there is like, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> he's too elderly; he may not be able to keep up. And he's just like, if we weren't I'd chained together, I would kill you. Bo- I would kill you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kill you no, both if I did not have to drag to drag your, your bodies. bodies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, he's so he's delightful. Yeah, he was he was great from the Tartagovsky clone clone wars where we first meet him in Ventures, where he yeah. throws a bunch of mercenaries in a pit and makes them fight it out. That's a Dooku yeah. go to maneuver. He does that yeah. a lot. Where he's like, compete for my affections, go. Uh but you know, he's such an aristocrat, I think he just expects people to do that for him. <laughs> and I'm on I'm on board, sure. Uh, <laughs> Who do oh. I need to fight? And, for me, and you'll you'll get there in Dark Disciple. He has such an amazing speech to the separatists, where he's like talking about how like 
how corrupt the, the Republic is and how amazing the Separatists are. And he's like, they send you know these people. You guys don't even have to fight. Like we're we're handling it for you. And like with robots, this this whole speech, nice. it's 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 really good. Yeah. He, yeah, he's got to be a factor in Dark Disciple because you know the whole Ventress thing. Just like the concept. Good. The concept of Dooku too that like it's Yoda's Padawan and that yeah. like fell. It's like what like Yoda's student the re- who like just who had fallen to the dark side? Like what? what it's the like fuck, you Yoda? hear that, you're like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what? And like there's two Dooku movements at Duke I'm Dooku I'm Dooku words. That uh that live in my head rent free, and that's uh when Asaj ventures and the two knights just try to kill him and they blind mm-hmm. them and he goes think i need my eyes to kill you and proceeds to actually win the fight and then uh and then in the clovis arc in um uh in the season six of clone wars where i'm uh he has he has one of my favorite dooku lines to clovis where he goes he's given us the banks (laughs) (laughs) it's just so funny to me and then the one separatist dude he's all like dooku we can't do this we have to like be like official and dooku's like oh cool Force grabs Padman, forces her to shoot the separatist dude. Like, oh no, war crimes. Back to my plans. <laughs> <I'm> really, <laughs> really comfortable with war crimes, though. So. <laughs> I mean, like in style. that vein, we should have mentioned Chopper in the last section. But oh. <laughs> Chopper. <laughs> Chaotic <laughs> neutral. Chaotic neutral, that one. He's, again, a force of nature. Uh, also, um, Anakin's villainous tendencies in the prequel, I mean, in, in specifically in the Clone Wars, um, really did get, like, when he is, he's a, he's a Jedi, he's one of the most powerful Jedi ever, and he's, like, been through countless battles and stuff, and he, we just see him just punching a finance bro, like, with his metal <laughs> arm, and, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> come yeah, on, toxic, man, toxic like, boy. Toxic boy. Yeah. Oh, uh, Anakin. Uh, space, space pajamas, Dooku. Yeah. Shout out mm-hmm. to space pajamas. Um, Sh- they look we... so comfortable and fancy. Mm-hmm. Should we also bring up uh, the forearm boy, General Grievous? We haven't talked about Grievous at all. Probably uh, one of the more popular villains of the prequels. Oh. <laughs> I would love to get background on Grievous. Uh, like, I would love it, like something in the style of anime where we see like a great warrior who doesn't have the Force and he can never attain that level of power. Mm-hmm. And so he's ever he's forever trying to obtain it. But from what we got, was nothing. <laughs> For me. Fair enough. <laughs> no. like, I, I can imagine that's... a really cool backstory. I just, I just didn't get anything that tells There's me. There's been a couple good. of times uh, on our show we've, we've talked about Grievous in a less than flattering way, uh, <laughs> pointing out the fact that he has a tendency to pick a fight and then get limbs chopped off, scuttle away from the fight, jump into a skate pod and leave. Like that's his whole yeah. bag <laughs> every time. And that's on the writer, sure. But uh, there are some there are some people who just love Grievous and they do not appreciate our content. Oh my. No. It's adorable. See? <laughs> when I th- when I think of Grievous, my brain goes right to the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, where they well, went. He, re- he was like a horror movie monster there. Yeah, it's like he's Predator he essentially. Where it's, 
It's like where it's like like when when he kills the Shaggy Jedi, <laughs> like it's just silent. Yeah, it's 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 silent. You don't hear anything. You're like, what? Like what? What's happening? Like what, what's going on? Then like Shaggy breaks, runs out, and just gets stomped in its face by Grievous. And then Grievous mm-hmm. proceeds to fight Shock T, Ala Sakura, and Kiani Mundi, and wins. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Who is this guy? Where did that guy go? Hey, never would, see him again. He would have he would have ended the movie real quick if that's <laughs> if that's what we got. Like, yeah, there is no longer Star Wars. <laughs> I don't I don't really see Grievous as a villain. I see Grievous much the way I see Boba Fett. He's a he's a blunt instrument. He's a tool. He he is being used by villains. At best, he's a henchman, a very skilled henchman, perhaps with a capital H henchman, but he's a henchman. <laughs> So I imagine you weren't too happy with the massacre episode in Clone Wars. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, okay. I wasn't. I just want to do a quick shout out before we move on to the to the sequels, but um, to the greatest chaotic neutral character of all time, Mister Hondo Anaka. Oh my God! <laughs> is he One chaotic of my favorite neutral, or is he true neutral, or is he neutral good? He he, uh, I I think he has a whole character arc of being the boss of the gang, and then later being on his own and being like, mm-hmm. I used to know okay. the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. He was he was one of my best friends. I think they were friends, <laughs> and you're like, he, he thinks they were friends. <laughs> and he does. He really does. Oh my god! Like, what that time I kidnapped him and stuff. Like we got to know each other, right? And like we spent such quality time together. I. What do you think the odds are that he'll show up in Kenobi? I need it. I need it. See, I think I he'll show up in Ahsoka. I need him in every show. Every <laughs> show is improved by the presence of Hondo Onaka. You just bring him in. Oh, love him. Uh, but he's I, I'm, I'm about to do a, mm-hmm. uh, a like a, a what if. I'm going to do some what ifs on my YouTube here. And one of them are is what if when they walked into the canteen on Tatooine, it was Hondo Onaka there. Um, instead of have... instead of Han, or if they were both there, and then <laughs> I, I, have oh a... <laughs> I have a really dorky story involving Hondo when I went to Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> um, uh, I went so I got on Smuggler's Run, and my family kind of went, "Look, we we're not really in Star Wars. This is your thing. We're just gonna let you like roam around." I'm like, awesome. First place I went to was was a uh, Smuggler's Run, and I go in the Singles Riders on my line, and I get to the thing where Hondo briefs you, and the group's already there, and they're listening to Hondo's briefing. I walk in, I literally yell, "Oh my god, it's Hondo!" And everyone's just like <laughs> silent, just like we don't know who this character is. And I'm like, "No, it's Hondo." <laughs> that is the correct reaction. This effort <laughs> is no longer profitable. <laughs> my 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 favorite. A lie though is is when they're they're going to get the cargo off of that ship that's about to be absorbed into the sun, and it, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the empire like isn't gonna do it, and they're like, but we will. Like, why? It's like, because we are desperate. You have any more speech? <laughs> you have any more thoughts on uh, Honda, Victoria? I feel like we've been. I feel like Victoria hasn't been able to say about Honda. <laughs> Oh no, I love hearing you guys chat about Hondo. He was so <laughs> funny. 
He's the best. But yeah, I had a similar reaction when um, I went to Galaxy's Edge. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. <laughs> yeah. Also, okay. brief shout out. Next week, my episode will be about Galaxy's Edge. So Ooh. I've never been there myself, actually. But um, I, we're going we're gonna to uncover a lot of the nuggets and secrets. And uh, it's a topic I, I've been wanting. I know someone who practically lives there. Uh, And that someone is going to be coming on. So (laughs) we're going to get the other half of the Dark Side Divas um, on here. And it's going to be really exciting. Um, (laughs) uh, We're pirates. We don't even know what that means. Jim Cummings was such a big part of... I love Darkwing Duck more than anything for such a long Mm -hmm. time. And like... Jim Cummings was just in everything growing up. He is every voice that has been in everybody's childhood. He's Winnie the Pooh. He's yeah. Pete the Cat. He's everywhere. I love that guy. <laughs> like, he he deserves every bit of every job that he's ever gotten. He's so damn good. Absolutely. All right. So we finally oh. move on to the sequel era, which, uh, un, unlike the prequels and the originals, we haven't gotten a whole lot of outside media and things to build up more characters but Mm -hmm. we still have some really interesting people i'm curious on your thoughts of them i'm sure we'll a lot talk about the same people but (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that um i i'm gonna go to uh i'll go to victoria first on this one sequel era villains uh what, what do you guys think okay um you know, I, I'm sorry. Let me let me before that say uh, since since we are starting to get closer, running out of time, I'm gonna merge the next two things together. Okay. And I think it I think it works. Like sequel era villains. Obviously, Kylo Ren was one of the biggest. So I want to add your guys' thoughts on redemption arcs. Um, oh man. <laughs> and uh, you know, should, should they should they happen? Should people be redeemed? Should should they not? Should they just be redeemed and then die so they don't have to face the consequences <laughs> of, of the hordes of people that they've murdered? Uh, just curious on their general thoughts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I um, want to bring up some... I, I love that Kylo Ren does a similar arc to Anakin in that he's not good at being a villain. He's really not. And he, like, is floundering and figuring it out, trying to be Darth Vader until he realizes who he can be alone and by himself. And um, so you see a lot of, like, identity struggle in him as well. And that's something, like, I relate to a lot. And so I think, like, Kylo Ren has... If you're trying to make him Darth Vader, he is a failure. But if you're trying to make him a unique and beautiful villain in his own right that is, like, very poetically written, he's excellent. And so I think, like, that that's a really important vantage point. Um, I loved Hux so much. <laughs> I, I don't believe he's dead. I don't believe he's dead. Like, he's, he's had to have a bulletproof vest no, on. No, no. <laughs> yeah, little weasels like that never die. Ever. Right. And so... Yeah, I um. He's my favorite petty bitch. I'm with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like, and I and I think that's why like he he's just so yeah he he is very petty. Um, 
But there was I that audio, to... that audio on TikTok going around of what feels gay and homophobic at the same time. Hucks, absolutely hucks. There you go. Yes. That's the one. Yes. Um, I actually wanted to bring up Ransom from Bloodline. I found him very intriguing, and I, I know it's in- interesting that I'm bringing him up as a villain. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, I thought, okay, so in the book Bloodline, we find Ransom as someone that opposes Leia, then aligns himself with Leia, and I don't want to spoil anything because I want you to read Bloodline. Like you guys were talking <laughs> about Lost Stars, you need to read Lost Stars, but read bloodline it is also claudia exceptional. gray yes also claudia gray um if you love leia and you want more um meat to see how the the sequel trilogy happened because i think that's where um my heart was as far as like i don't know like when i saw the force awakens obviously i was thrilled it was star wars i loved every second of it and i was like jumping out of my seat but i was like where am i like <laughs> I need context of like my setting and like what we were talking about. Like we haven't had the luxury of expansive media on this. Like we have, we don't have a sequels clone wars yet. We don't have like um, the extras, like the side items, you know? And so um, bloodline is an excellent book for that. So ransom is an interesting person to consider a villain because he is a collector of imperial artifacts and he is like oh yeah like the empire was wrong because they were evil people and so he he blames the system's problem on darth vader on the like the faces of evil rather than the system itself. And so I think that that's a really intriguing villain for me. Um, Yeah, I don't want to say too much more. He's a very intriguing villain, especially as it relates to um, my current events and like what it means to symbolize oppression and hate and uh, what it like the idea of privilege and ransom really embodies that and um i just think he, he's very interesting to me um other sequel villains snoke is okay i mean i'm sorry i don't want to be like a hater but he's all right <laughs> hate snoke i just think he's okay <laughs> i'm not mind blown <laughs> i i actually love snoke but but real quick, I, I, I will say, because, um, uh, you know, our, our little book club, you know, read um, Bloodline. Now, I read it when it came out, mm-hmm. but rereading it in the year and time period when we did, and there's yeah. these people who were like, oh, yeah, the Empire was bad, but um, there was a lot of good things that it was just a bad guy at the head of it, and there was a lot of good... <laughs> And then there was like shops and stuff that were selling old imperial, you know, insignias and stuff. People flying imperial flags because this is, you know, you know, Art 30, imitating life. Years <laughs> and and you're, you're just like, oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who do you got, uh, Malik? Oh, so uh, I go right. So one of my favorite like books in like of all Star Wars is got to be a uh, Phasma. Phasma is such a cool read because it's like it's it gives a really cool in depth look at like who Phasma is and it shows that like her whole thing is like she's a survivor. She doesn't care about the First Order. She doesn't care about really anyone. It's like well, who's gonna benefit me to like make get myself a better life and where I am? And that's why she like it explains why she shuts down the uh, the 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 um the field so quickly when she's taken hostage. You know she's like not worth my life and. Uh, Phasma okay. does a good job. It introduces, it, it expands upon who Phasma is, and it shows what she has been through, and kind of like how hard she works to like get to the where she is. What introduces another really cool character who I love in the form of a uh, Captain Cardinal, who essentially was uh, Phasma before Phasma. He was in charge of the Imperial troops and had pretty much like the same armor as Phasma, but red. And he was so cool because like. <laughs> He was unlike Phasma. He was raised a first order soldier. He had the programming. He had like the uh, he had the whole like mentality. No, the first order is good and it does good. But then he started looking more at her. It's like, well, like I care about the troop. Like you see, like he takes care of the kids. You know, he raised them up to be good soldiers to the first order. But then he thinks like they're treating them like he sees them being viewed as disposable. Like, well, no. I care about them and we're supposed to be doing good for the galaxy. And it really starts to like, you see him struggle between like being a person and his programming. And it's such a cool like thing to like, see him like have to deal with. And also like it, it, it just put a, it put a lot like of perspective, but also in like the first order troopers and how they work, how it's like, you see them as like they're kids. Like they have fun rivalries and nicknames and talk to, they have lunch, you know? And it's like, it's like school and you're like, Oh, this is very wholesome. And then it gets to like, higher training where it's like all right live fire training let's go you're like whoa <laughs> it's like oh man like it, oh, wait, it's just child like, soldiers yeah let's yeah it's like oh yeah this is this is uncomfortable again and like <laughs> it, it like and where cardinal ends up going is so good um phasma again like she's a survivor and i think that was the most she has one of my favorite fight scenes and like that fight scene with finn is so good it's mm -hmm. short, but it's effective. Like, oh my god, it's so, it's so, so. I, I, I'll be at the gym and I turn on that fight scene because it gets me so excited. <laughs> like I put on my treadmill, I'm all like, look at Phasma, flip the spear, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, adds more to Hux as well, and you see like how does Hux oh, view yeah. his other Brendel and stuff. It's, it's like, if you're into, you want more sequel villains, definitely mm -hmm. read Phasma. Such a good story. Uh, so, so Dad Boy Steve in the chat says, "Does the Phasma book make Phasma cooler?" Because I wasn't a huge fan. The Phasma book is well, a for some. Not everyone knows this, but it is a prequel to the um, uh, Black Spire Out Outpost book. Um, it's like Black Spire Outpost is the sequel to the Phasma book. Yeah, it's it's weird, but but it is. But what? it's 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 two things at the same time, right? It's the it's a it's a recollection of a recent thing that's happening, and it's Phasma's upbringing in the past. Her upbringing in the past, it's it's Mad Max in space, and it's awesome. It's okay. so unique, but it is it's Mad Max. It's in it's Star the most Wars. it's the most non Star Wars thing I've read in the best way possible. It's like wow, oh. like this doesn't feel like Star Wars, and I love it doesn't feel like Star Wars, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. And, and, and but then the recent recollection, you find out more about Cardinal. He's the one that was raised in in this life, grew up with the propaganda. He actually loves his people, and you can see 
you can see Finn in in Captain Cardinal, but yeah. he only raises the kid the the soldiers until like middle I think school teen- age. Yeah, I thought it was like, or was it teenage age? I'm not, I can't remember all the yeah. way. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like like he's like the elementary school principal, and then they yeah. go to the other Star Destroyer that Phasma runs, um, and that's where she just like does Phasma things, but you find out. <laughs> your book. But yeah, if um. <laughs> So to answer your question, that boy Steve, should I read Phasma before Black Spire? Yes, it's it's a it's a direct sequel to, to yeah. Black Spire, although it doesn't say it on the book. I, I know think lots uh, of people that read it. <laughs> I know some editions of Black Spire actually has a short story, which actually wraps up some character arcs from Phasma that not all editions have. I must find that. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, <laughs> your your thoughts, Steph? Uh, who do who do you got? Um, and also, we we haven't really done it. Ah uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll do it at the end. So, um, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> the Phantom Menace lingers well into the sequel trilogy. Hurricane Palpatine is still swirling around the galaxy, so there's that. Um, I really did not. I enjoyed the performance of Snoke because anytime Andy Serkis does anything, is I am entertained by it. He's an extraordinary vocal talent, um, but it was such an empty puppet for me. And it turns out like watching the, the first two, I'm like, mop, mop, Snoke. Who the hell is this guy? I know nothing about him. Uh, and then his strings get cut and he's gone. And so he was unnecessary. But then we find out in the third one, he really was an empty puppet. That was actually what was going on the whole time. So I don't know. Snoke never really landed with me. I mean, no hate to anybody who, who does like Snoke as a villain. Um, I just didn't, he didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to connect with him for the same reason I'm not able to connect with Palpatine. Um, he was just an extension of the force of nature. A uh, cyclone spinning off of the hurricane, Palpatine, if you will. Cyclone If, if I may, if I may, but uh, to, 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 if I want to get, uh, talk to you about it, Snoke right there. See, I like Snoke because I viewed him as, he's not a character, but he's an important stepping stone for Kylo. He's not someone who like I need who needs his own arc, but he's there to enhance and make Kylo a much better and much more unique villain, which I thought they accomplished very well. So were we fridging Snoke so that Kylo could be motivated to? Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Absolutely. You just talked me into liking Snoke. No. Yeah. For once, we're fridging a male character. Love it. Huzzah. Congratulations, <laughs> Star Wars. It's so progressive. <laughs> well, the, the original trilogy introduced Palpatine and Empire in order to but but Palpatine was never the villain of the story he was never sorry he was the villain he was never the antagonist of the story that's an important distinction for sure and so Mm -hmm. same thing happened where you know Snoke was in the first movie introduced as uh as as a as a villain but Kylo Ren is the antagonist Mm -hmm. and I love that it went a different direction right I always wanted to I, I mean I played the Revenge of the Sith video game where like you get the other ending where where Anakin kills Obi Wan and then Palpatine shows up and then he kills Palpatine and you're like, what? I just I didn't even know what happens now. Um, How the who the? Huh? And and then and that's what they that's what they did in this. Um, I personally don't feel like they stuck the landing, but that's that's certainly what happened. And um, and you you made the distinction that I can't argue with. Uh, Andy Serkis's performance was amazing, I thought, in The Last Jedi. And he's so laughing, and he's so... 
And he's, he's in his golden pajamas. And he just looks like, <laughs> so like, like, did we interrupt your bath time? Yeah. Sir, I look, I'm so sorry. I can come back when you have like, pants. Honey, can, I get, can I get those? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, woman. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, that's, that's one of the reasons I, I, I like him. Um, as far as. Um, Kylo Ren, I I do I I loved Kylo Ren's arc where you're mm-hmm. seeing you're seeing this person that is has identified with a role and feels they must be this role, mm-hmm. but it's not them, and it's almost like they're going through the motions. Um, and I just I just I don't know I find that endlessly fascinating. You know, I, I'll say when he became Ben Solo, uh, my, my hot take is that um, Adam Driver as Ben Solo was more Han Solo than, than um, Aaron Reich was in the movie Solo. Now, I love the movie Solo, but without, with no, with zero words, he said, ow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so ow. Line. The, the shrug. He, the, he gave the, the shrug. Back. He just felt like Harrison Ford as Han Solo and I'm like I I don't even know yeah. and, and so so you're 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 watching this person who's like who has these legacies laid upon him. He's named after Ben's uh he's named Kenobi. after after Ben Kenobi. He is the nephew of Luke Skywalker. He's the grandson of, of Anakin. His his mom is force sensitive and she was like almost ruled the the new republic and he's exactly like han solo and it's just so <laughs> funny to me of all legacies sir but he's and he's trying to grasp at like some of these like no i'm this i'm that that oh this that lights if that belongs to me like this stuff is my birthright and it's like stop trying to be what you think you should be and be mm-hmm. who you are and i don't know as as a villain i found that refreshing i just i found that yeah. um engaging. oh yeah how many times do we get a villain who is like having a coming of age crisis story mm-hmm. like that it was actually i mean i initially because so, <laughs> and i was like initially with, with Ren, uh, i was really turned off because he was so goddamn childish he was so like with his tantrums to the point where stormtroopers would turn the corner and go oh you know what we're gonna go back <laughs> This way, yes. Supreme Leader's tearing up a room again. Uh, we'll we'll send in a droid. Um, but he he was really difficult to resonate with. But then I saw uh, an interview with Adam Driver where he was talking about how it was mask work. How even when he didn't have the helmet on, Kylo's face is a mask. And so if you look at what's going on behind that mask, there's there's layers and. There's so much going on behind his eyes, but he couldn't move his face because like his the, his face was this mask that he had to present to Snoke, that he had to present to himself in the mirror so he could convince himself that he was able to be all of these legacies that he was that he was thrusting upon himself. And that mm-hmm. really added a whole layer of dimension to it. And then when he when he comes back as Ben Solo, the mask is gone. And that beautiful, beautiful boy was there the whole time. And I fell in love with him. <laughs> like five minutes in one word. 
and, and and not, not only uh, like Ray when Ray healed him, she also healed his face. So she healed that mask, and he's able to emote and express. But we also find out that that Snoke slash Palpatine has have their their hooks in him forever, reading yeah. his mind constantly. So like that mask makes so mm -hmm. much sense when you look at how he was able to trick Snoke into finally killing him because mm -hmm. Snoke is in his head and he has to like do two things at the same time in order because he can't let that mask fall right ever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that mask was much much deeper than skin deep that was yeah. that was like a force mask there was a lot going on there and so that's an amazing level of skill self-taught trauma response skill that Kylo Ren had and I don't know. I like him a lot. I yeah. like him too much, perhaps. Perhaps excessively. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> I would say, uh, I think one of my favorite aspects of Kylo was always the fact that, like, he didn't get better by doing what he thought he had to do. He got better by doing what he his impulses, what he wanted to do. Like, mm -hmm. going back to the rise of Kylo Ren, he thinks, all right, I'm going to join the Knights of Ren and I'm just going to be this better dark side person. It's not until, like, um, Ren, he, he faces Ren and kills Ren does he officially, like, fall. It's who he wants. It's his impulse. He tries to kill Han. Mm -hmm. he, well, he kills Han, and that messes him up. He didn't want to do that. He's, like, he's his insides being grinded up by the Force now because he's unbalanced. He doesn't, like, it's not what he wanted. But now he wanted to kill Snoke. He wanted, like, he wanted Snoke yeah. dead so he can be with Rey. And when he does that, he gets stronger. I think that was such mm -hmm. a cool thing to make it, like, it's not based on, like, he's trying to be the, ed like, don't be the edgy, be, like, your your base impulse of what you want. And I thought that was mm -hmm. a really cool way to go with the character. Yeah, it was, oh, a, yeah. It was a trust your, trust your instincts thing where he didn't, he didn't, and then he did, and it worked out for him one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That boy Steve says uh, Kylo Ren tried to be all the legacies when he only needed to be Ben Solo, oh. which is which is heartbreaking. But it's mm. it's it's so true, and it's it's why it's why it, I get irritated when people think there was like zero planning involved. Now, granted, granted, I'm a bit extra and read all the books, and I see I saw mm. all the handwriting of on the wall of Palpatine doing stuff and like all, all this other stuff. And the execution of that portion of it was horrible. It's the worst <laughs> I've ever seen of anything. I'd rather watch. Uh, I mean, sorry. Um, Real it I, in. Real it in. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't, wasn't, I would rather watch, but I should say like um, the, the CGI and the Scorpion King was, <laughs> was <laughs> performed better first than one. that. That, that re you know was was released but um that that being said you know this entire trilogy was about the difference between um blood and legacy you, you weren't owed a legacy you know the mantles passed down mm -hmm. not always to children not always mm -hmm. to relatives just because you're related doesn't mean that you 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 do you and mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe someone else deserves it maybe someone else doesn't uh, it's, I, I don't know. There was a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I found really powerful about it, but, mm -hmm. um, so this, this conversation has been a lot of fun. I, villains mm. are really fun to talk about. I, I, mm -hmm. I love all you guys, but we, <laughs> we, we do got, we do have to push towards an ending. So 
Do I just live so, here now? Oh, okay. What we're going to do here is we're going to share our thoughts on redemption arcs in general. Mm-hmm. And then and then if you have any closing thoughts, and then let us know where we can find you and your amazing stuff. Um, and so f- for this, I will start with uh, Victoria first. Yeah. Okay. So my thoughts on the redemption. So I think it's very important to understand the distinction between redemption, atonement, and forgiveness. There's so much complexity in that. So redemption is something that someone does not earn. They just do. And so when we're talking about redemption and people are like, oh yeah, Darth Vader didn't deserve a redemption. Well, you can't deserve a redemption because a redemption is just a, wow, I am changing. I want to change or I need, I'm doing this action that is now like taking me onto a path of atonement. Darth Vader did not get that chance. We didn't get to see what an atonement would look like. Those are acts that are working toward forgiveness. Um, Kylo Ren did not get that chance. Or, I mean, Ben Solo did not get that chance. And so, I don't think we see redemption in Star Wars. Except, I like to bring up, besides Ventress, I like to see, I like to bring up Han Solo. Because I think we see redemption and atonement from him. Um, we see a really beautiful arc of this person that is a scoundrel. And then we see him be like, oh, I don't care about these people. I don't care about this. I just want the money. And we see his motives. We see his love. We see his heart change. That's his redemption. And then we see him act within that area of redemption. And so that is his atonement. And we forgive the fact that he is thinking, I don't care about these people, because then he begins to show that he did. And, and he does. Um, and so I think that's really one of the only places we see redemption and atonement in Star Wars. Um, but redemption is not something anyone can earn. Redemption is just something that exists. And atonement and forgiveness, forgiveness is not for us as audience members to decide as much as we like to understand, like as, as much as fiction is an avenue for empathy and reflection, for, like we don't get to forgive Darth Vader for blowing up Alderaan. You know what I mean? Like we don't get to do that. Um, so I think it's a really hard thing to write because in real life, it's hard. So what does it look like in fiction? Because we, we grapple with that in our own lives um, about how to forgive. So I, yeah, I, I definitely think redemption and atonement are very big distinctions. And like the whole camp of like, Ben Solo didn't deserve redemption or, you know, he's done these terrible things. It's like, yeah, that's what redemption is. It's like saying, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, it's like uh, redemption is just an, uh, an, 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 a change of heart. I like to tell people Darth Vader had a change of heart arc. He did not have a redemption arc. Um, but yeah, 
that's my big thoughts on that. Um, but where you can find me rambling on about villains and cosplaying Shigaraki is uh, it's Victoria Y'all on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I am Victoria Vader 13 on Twitter, I think, um, because it's Victoria Y'all was taken by someone I am too anxious to reach out to in their DMs. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. <laughs> awesome. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, please follow Victoria. She's just the best. Um, and the cosplay is is amazing. Uh, um, you're nice. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just being real. Um, and so I, for everyone in the audience, I'm actually I'm using new broadcast software this this time, so I'm not as quick with certain things. With your permission, I would love to show a picture of, of you and Vader cosplay. It's gonna take oh, yeah. a second to pull yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I would I would love that. Yeah, mm. I um I like to tell this story. It's kinda of funny. I um had to postpone my wedding like three times because of the um panoramic and um i was i was really sad one day and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy a darth vader helmet and a banjo and so i those were two things i had always wanted um and yeah we have the banjo here darth vader helmet there and so that's when i began with uh my vader helmet and you know like the vader snuggie yeah <laughs> and so i began so cosplay be used together you know i didn't intend that but it did, it it happen? did ha happen a couple times excellent but yeah <laughs> congratulations as yeah, it thank should you, be thank you but yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i good so the the picture is going to be a little small and, and i apologize we won't see it in the group Oh, here. No. But, uh, oh. On, in the in the YouTube, if Is you're watching right on the now? YouTube, you'll you'll see it there. Um, but here's here's a a, a shot of, of her. I, I pulled this from this from your uh, YouTube. Um, I'll continue talking because there was a little bit of of a delay. But um... gotcha. <laughs> Is it up right now? Because ooh, look at that! Wow. Ooh. It, I'll pretend. Uh... I'll play it off. <laughs> wait, where did you? Wait, I don't see. What do we? We're not. Yeah, where it. is it? We're not going to see it. Okay. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> if if you have the YouTube stream up, um, mm -hmm. then you will absolutely see it in the YouTube stream. Yeah, I, I was oh, tempted wow, that, to open the stream awesome. so that I could have it going, but I figured that would be like an inception moment, and I would just break my own brain. So. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I tried doing that. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. You, whenever you do that, you have to mute it immediately. Otherwise, you hear yourself like in the past, and you're just like, "Oh, I can't even talk anymore." <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll send it to to y'all um, in, individually. Uh, cool. Again, I'll have this more developed um, in the future, but it's it's amazing. She does a lot of um, really cool cosplays for interesting oh, villains, like... and the makeup and stuff is just. Is oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I um have some Vader analysis videos coming up. So you guys Ooh. look out. Absolutely. I am excited. <laughs> it's gonna be great. All right. And uh, how about you, Malik? Oh, yeah. So uh, me. Uh, so my 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 opinion on like a redemption stories is I, 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 I they're OK. I understand they have to place in narrative storylines. 
I'm not the biggest fan of them because I like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of hero villain rivalries. I like seeing like a hero and villain like have like an arc of just hatred or, you know, or if, like, you know, like we are the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. You're the good guy. And this is why we're opposed. But I do understand that redemption arcs still have their place in narrative storytelling. That being said, in Star Wars, I feel like they're at the core because when I think about like, when I, if someone asked me, like, what's the one line I feel perfectly encapsulates the entirety of all nine like Skywalker saga films? And I go to Last Jedi when Luke says to Leia, no one's ever truly gone. That is like the crux of what I feel like all, all of Star Wars is about, be it Vader, Kylo, the ones we've lost, the clone brothers, everything. Like, no one's ever truly gone. That's the mm -hmm. line I think about with Star Wars. And to think that no matter how deep down in that darkness you are, that you can somehow like reach yourself back up, you know, I just think like that's that's that, that's awesome. <laughs> like that's like, you know, I feel like that's mainly what Star Wars is about, you know, family, family. Ugh, yeah, family. And, you know, being the best of yourself that you can be. And like like for, like and one of closing thoughts about uh, Ben Solo. I love the fact that he claims this the solo legacy of pulling the Skywalker's fat out of the fire. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, TikTok at, uh, at the Jedi Smart. I just make a bunch of like random videos. I talk about Higher Republic here and there, and maybe I'll talk about wrestling more here and there because I'm a wrestling nerd. Uh, again, I have a podcast, Ha! Exclamation Point. It's a podcast. Uh, we're on <laughs> Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, and wherever you find your podcast. We're actually about to hit episode 20 soon, and we've promised something big. Don't know what it is yet, but we're going to do something. That, that sounds, sounds awesome. awesome. <laughs> Is that Ooh. the picture? Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Oh, thank you. I have a funny story about how that came to be. I messed up Shigaraki makeup, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I might do a half-mask Darth Vader. <laughs> Silver lining. <laughs> it's it's just it's excellent. For those of you in the live stream, I finagled a way to show it to people real quick <laughs> and, 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 and here. it's very moody it's, I love it, it yeah. it's, it's really good mm -hmm. uh, it, it captures the the angst and hatred um, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is not something Victor my, my favorite Victor <laughs> real quick when, when you first came on and you shared that being that you watched Star Wars as a child looked at Vader and said why is that man so sad is, <laughs> it's just really like yeah. Pure. Anyways, <laughs> um, Steph, uh, how about you? Thoughts That's on me. redemption and where we can find you and your amazing content? So yeah, I agree with Malik. Um, redemption is at the core of Star Wars, um, and because so Star Wars is always hero, villain, light side, dark side, and in order for but ultimately the light side is is the good and the story of star wars has always been about hope and about pursuing and and serving the light side and in order for the light side to uh to be the good it has to want to to reach out to the dark and to to redeem the villains and so when our villains do get the redemption arc it is just as much about the heroes accepting the fact that the villain has uh has had a change of heart as it is about the villains having a change of heart like it's it's this mm -hmm. the the redemption has to happen doesn't happen on its own. Like Ben Solo had his little redemption moment when he whipped that saber out into the ocean, but it didn't really lock in until Ray was there with him, 
And then when you've got the light side there too, then that is when that, that redemption becomes full. There is another flavor that I thought was really interesting that we got in Rebels when it was Kenobi and Maul. That wasn't redemption for Maul. It was absolution. It was, it was Kenobi taking that burden off him. And without the burden and without the, the boulder to shove up the hill, Maul dies. But it's the same kind of moment. Like the light side is there to cradle the dark in that moment. And it's just so, it's such a, that's sort of the heartbeat of, of Star Wars. Um, and I, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for a redemption arc. Redeem all the bad guys. I, do I want to watch Ray bring Ben Solo home? Like in the what if universe where Ben survives and Ray brings him home and is like, this is my new boyfriend, the war criminal. <laughs> he destroyed nine planets at once, but I love him. Like that's not a story I really need to see. It's cool. I, I want to see Finn's reaction to Ray bringing <laughs> And it would go over like, so well. Everybody in the like, resistance him? prepared to embrace him. <laughs> takes off, takes off his shirt. Like, see the slash on my back, Ray? <laughs> Remember that? I think, I think everyone about in this a room right origin now story. has a Kylo Ren scar. Like, no, and it's the same with Vader. Like, Vader was terrorizing. He was the boogeyman of the galaxy for like ever. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got his. He's got an innumerable body count. There's no. Go ahead and let him die, because that's yeah. just an exhausting story. Like, you did your moment. You can pass out now. It's fine. It's fine. So I love a redemption story, but I don't actually want to do the hard work of seeing the atonement. I don't. That's not a fun story for me. That's it. I want it because I want it to be messy and awful and ugly. Because think about what would have happened. Like think of Bloodline if he had still been alive in a prison somewhere. Oh my God. You know, like, I, I don't know. I like the idea because mm -hmm. I feel like it's not done in fiction because we don't know what it looks like. We don't. We don't know yeah. what atonement truly could look like. And I think uh, that's why. Do I, okay, so. Yeah, I, another, I got one, another, too. Another recent, recent cut is, is Alphabet Squadron. Um, you, I got that trilogy. <laughs> I, I've always wondered what what does it look like if someone who does horrible things like that that needs that survives. Now mm -hmm. that's not a spoiler because there's a lot of characters in this book. All of them at some point in time have to do something horrible. Chasna Chaddock is one of the greatest written characters of all time, in my opinion. But um, you you get people you you get to a point where they don't die. And mm -hmm. you have to watch them live, mm. and it's so much harder. It's so much harder. Yeah, like I think people like Zuko is an excellent example. That's exactly of, like, who I was thinking of too. That's a my I mean, prime example. Hi, is Zuko here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you can find me. Uh, yeah. so, uh, Dark Side Divas is the podcast where uh, me and my uh, my best friend are moving through the entire Star Wars story in chronological order, and we are deep into season three of Clone Wars right now. And uh, you can find us anywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, all of the, the podcast places. And uh, you can find us on TikTok as at Dark Side Divas. It's a very creative name. Yes. Follow them. 
uh, you'll you'll get great little nuggets. Um, it's it's nice. a lot. It's a lot nicer than what is in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we uh, it's E for explicit for a reason. It is this is you know Star Wars for grown folks. Yeah, I just I just followed. Sure. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to having a binge listen. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, last but not least, we have Malik. I didn't. Wait, I already go. I already went. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Uh, no, no. It's. That's I, not, I, this I is you, to, my friend. Yes. See, <laughs> I, I try to start with a different person every single round so that no one takes all the good answers. You know. <laughs> every now and then, someone fair. like says the thing you want to say, and you're like. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And if but if it keeps happening, you you, you hate them. So uh, <laughs> I, I try to I try to avoid that. Nice. We're, building, we're building bridges here, not walls. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for for coming out. Everyone in the chat, everyone that's listening, you know, mm-hmm. wherever podcasts can be found. I you know started this because I just want to talk Star Wars with with cool people and I found so many amazing people that want to talk <laughs> Star Wars and it's just been it's just been the best um yeah, even that boy Steve in the chat saying dark side diva sounds awesome and yes, they are check them Thanks. out I'm going to have the other half to the dark side diva dyad um <laughs> next, next week hopefully Say that three um, times as fast. No, <laughs> I couldn't. I I struggled <laughs> through it. The first time. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this has been uh, amazing. I always appreciate that people are willing to come on and just nerd out with me. Um, it's been a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love you guys.